Cuisine Bites with Kelly Brett. Everything you'll ever need to know about food. When you're eating something magnificent in a restaurant, a dish that combines flavours and textures in a way that makes you want to reach out and hug the chef, <laughs> do you ever stop to think about the decision-making process behind the food on your plate? The confidence and trust that a good chef must have in her or his own palate and how far to push the boundaries, or whether to push them at all. That moment was the moment I felt uh, very secure following my palate. Mm. And I, I always did. You know, I listened to everyone, you know, but in my mind, I have everything very clear. Time for another serving of food for the belly and the brain on Cuisine Bites, where we take you beyond the pages of Cuisine magazine. I'm Kelly Brett, and with the recent release of the Time magazine list of their 100 most influential people on our planet, how fabulous was it to see Chef Massimo Bottura listed in the Pioneers category? Bottura was highlighted for the list by French artist JR, who opened a space with the celebrated chef in Paris as part of his Food for Soul project. As I read the list, I remembered that I'd had a very intimate chat with Massimo back in 2012 when he was in Melbourne for the 20th anniversary of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. So I thought I'd go back and dig out that conversation for you so you can have a listen. Massimo has been reinventing the way that things are done for decades. He's topped the world's 50 best list as a chef and with his restaurant Osteria Francescana in Italy and has the highest Michelin three-star award given for the cooking of chefs at the peak of their profession where their ingredients are exemplary, their cooking is elevated to an art form, and their dishes are often destined to become classics. Bottura is a super heavyweight in the world of gastronomy, and many of the things he told me during our conversation seven years ago still ring very true today. Have a listen. Cuisine Bites. Uh, you know, my food in uh, Osteria Francescana in Modena is like um, territorial seen from 10 kilometers so it means it's like abstract but when you eat it the flavor reminds you exactly where you are so in uh, emilia romagna in, in italy you know the feeling from your past your memories the people you grew up with the farmers cheesemakers fishermen all the people they live in that that area you know they give you beautiful ingredients so the responsibility is to be, uh, to put the attic close to the aesthetic part and, uh, you know, be aware of what you do. Use your technique, uh, not for the, your own ego, but uh, to uh, the service to these uh, ingredients, you know, and uh, to sublimize the flavors. This is like very, very important. I always remember my grandmother said to me once that if you looked at a beautiful plate of food, it meant that there'd been many hands all over it. Do you think you can do too much to something? Uh, uh, you asking this question to a person that uh, 20 years ago was creating uh, five different aged parmigiano in five different textures and temperatures. So <laughs> is, uh, I took like one ingredient and uh, the aging process. I was reflecting on the aging process at that period. And uh, we were experimenting how the rolls of Parmigiano-Reggiano could arrive, you know, after being aged uh, 30 months, 36, mm. 40, 40, 50, 60, 70, you know. And uh, at the end, uh, they were exploding, you know. And uh, so at that point, uh, 
we create uh, five different age parmesan in texture and temperature when no one was talking about creating a plate with one ingredient and no one was talking about the aging process anymore. So this is a slow idea. As the Roman will say, festina lente. Do it very quick, but do it slowly. Do you understand? Yes, I do. Get in the hurry, but slowly. Hurry up Reflect and wait. Reflect when, uh, when you do something. Do you remember when it was that you decided that food was going to be your future? Now, after so many years, I realized that uh, when I was uh, running away from my older brothers mm -hmm. into the kitchen of my grandmother, that was a moment uh, that was very special. So I felt very safety in the kitchen. So maybe that was stay in my memories, you know, in my inside me. But also when, um, you know, I remember we were doing a, a party with... Uh, This is my first master, is a chef, uh, a French chef was. And, uh, you know, we were creating this dinner party for, like, promote the Sauterne wine. So he was serving this oyster wrapped in pancetta, and uh, he wasn't happy. He asked the soup chef, how was that? And the soup chef answered, they were great. He looked at me. I was the last of, like, of the old <laughs> brigade. He said, Massimo, what do you think? I said, that was too sapid. And, uh, you know, the concentration on the pan of the pancetta compared to the concentration of the oyster gets is not working. Uh, he said, uh, you're right. And uh, he changed the plate. When I was driving back with him, I said, why are you ask me that? You know, I said, because your palate is going to take you really, really far. So that moment was the moment I felt uh, very secure following my palate. Mm. And I, I always did. You know, I listened to everyone, you know, but in my mind, I have everything very clear. I don't think all chefs are that lucky. How did you know, <laughs> how does a chef know what they have inside of them to give? Ah, that, this is very... Uh, is very how long I have to answer? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's really important. You know, the as I said, you know, there are three ingredients that you you have to have, like humbleness, like passion, and dream. You can learn from a young, uh, 18 years old that uh, has the right idea of an old off or from an old master, but you have to have and travel with your eyes open. And you hear, open, to listen as a sponge, to absorb culture. And after that, you create contemporary food for you. Mm. So uh, you know everything and you forget about everything. But first of all, you know everything. And uh, at that point, uh, you know, knowing everything you can, you, you, you can, you can do contemporary and you can be uh, very aware of what you do. Yeah. Now, of the 10 dishes that have changed modern cuisine, yours is one of them. <laughs> How important is change? You know, I love, uh, you know, see my child, every child eating. And because when, uh, when you're a child, you, the food has a, a different aspect, you know. When you go back to school and you, you, you arrive home and you have your mom that is preparing the food, uh, whatever she prepare is the best food in the world. So that's the meaning, you know, the conceptual meaning of what I'm saying, you know. So I'm looking for 
find uh, shapes that remind uh, the youthness and uh, when you were a child and uh, creating this dish that was an example so I gave the shape of a lollipop an ice cream bar and uh, so my provocation was like serving one of the most snobby dish of the international cuisine as terrino foie gras uh, in the shape of a lollipop <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was uh, I created that shape then I penetrate with an art knife and I injected uh, a very, very old balsamic vinegar from my family. So, like, the acidity and sweetness, they were matching perfectly with foie gras. Uh, the balsamic vinegar is, like, very acidity and, and ca- is my land. where I've, I've heard that you've actually got balsamic vinegar in your veins. Is that true? Yeah, it is, it is true. Because once <laughs> uh, I cut my veins and uh, instead of blood uh, was coming out this dark, uh, you know, sweet stuff, that was balsamic vinegar. <laughs> So after that, you know, I decide to put the, a crust outside. So I choose uh, hazelnut from Piemonte, almond from Noto. Piemonte is a northeast and uh, and Sicily. So Noto is in Sicily, and where the best almonds are. I decide to make it, make them crunchy and sweet and savory, and uh, they they form the crust of the outside of this terrine. So you have. Uh, the Torino foie gras is a French dish penetrated by the old spine of Italy from Piemonte to Sicily, stopping in Modena, uh, that is the balsamic vinegar, in the shape of a lollipop. How long did that take mm. from conception to the finished product? Not, not long. That dish was in already in my mind. Mm. So it took like a couple of weeks to get the best, uh, you know, of the best, you know, getting the perfect almond, uh, getting the perfect balance between the bitter almond from Noto and the sweetness hazelnut from Piemonte. So that was the the, the way, you know, but w- was already designed in my mind. Sometimes, you know, you don't find a way and, you know, a simple thing takes like years to get at that point, at the right point. Sometimes you can do it in, you know, a couple of weeks. I'm sitting here listening to you and looking at you and I can see how passionate and how much thought and how this is your entire life. You're consumed by this. Do you ever just eat a cheese sandwich? I will. I will because I like sometimes, but it has to be the right sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) And the right cheese. The right right bread, (laughs) the right cheese, the right ham. You know, there are so many things, you know. Yes. Like I, I usually in the middle of the morning, I'm going to this bar close to where I live, the Osteria, and they see me and I'm drinking like a, a orange juice press, just freshly pressed. And I say, I, is this just freshly pressed? Look, look, I'm pressing now. And also this crunchy panino, this ba- really crunchy on the outside with beautiful prosciutto, some uh, uh, little artichokes under mm. olive oil. And, uh, you know, that's a perfect middle... Uh, Simple uh, but morning, beautiful. Morning uh, snack, mm. simple but beautiful. What for you is more important, <laughs> the food on the plate or the whole dining experience? Oh, this is a great question. Uh, it depends. Could be the food on the plate for some experiences, uh, the dining experience uh, uh, at one point is very, very important. And, uh, but I'm a chef. So the plate is like, you know, it's like, it's my life, the expression of my life. So it's like, 
such such a great thing, you know. And uh, you know, I try to transfer emotion with that. Now I seen once. I remember. I tell you this. I, I was serving the potato wants to be a truffle to a Polish girl. She was start eating that P- from Poland. Can you believe? You know, she was start eating that, and she start crying. Huh? Crying and crying. She couldn't stop, and she couldn't finish the plate. I said, "Listen, this plate reminds me so much my grandmother. You know, she was like raise me. This is like the m- the best present ever because you know these memories and the way you treat this potato. It's unbelievable. So." What I want more than this, of the best of my job. You've had many awards and uh, you're a very famous chef, so that really is more to you than anything, something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think so. When uh, you yeah. have, uh, you know, all these uh, awards and, you know, actually Chef Choice at the 50 Best is like, you know, the, all the chefs of the world, uh, they something. vote for you. That's mm. It's wonderful. Mm. Uh, you know, the respect of your colleague is like very important. I'm going to put you on the hot seat now. Who are you most impressed by as a chef? <laughs> no, this is a tricky question, but uh, yeah. I, I have an answer that reminds uh, to the things I was saying before. You know, to me, the best chef is my mother right now because, you know, is uh, every time I go in her place, for sure, her food is better than mine. And she always <laughs> reminds me. This tortellini are good, but mine are much better than yours. <laughs> and the second, because, you know, I have uh, a different experience. The food is another thing when uh, it's made by your mother. You know, hope, culture is the, the most important thing. You know, the young cooks, they don't have to be hurry to be in a kitchen, you know, to learn how to make hair or evaporize a cloud of... Uh, uh, duck, you know, they have to study, they have to read, they have to learn, because if you grow here in your head, you know, after that you can express in the food what uh, what you learn. So what you're saying is that our chefs need to be slow cooked? <laughs> no, slow, slow brought uh, to the university, you know, <laughs> like uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and then university. Yes. You cannot jump to university immediately, you're going to get lost. You don't understand. What is Australian food to everybody else? Are we there yet? Yes. Right now, yes. I I have this feeling that uh, you have, uh, because, you know, I've seen all the products and, uh, you know, the productions and so into biodynamic and, uh, you know, this is the future, you know. You know, preserve the quality of the food, uh, preserve the ingredients, uh, the fish you fish, uh, and uh, you know this is like uh, the future. And then you have uh, all uh, all these uh, uh, young chefs. They are traveling a lot. They learn technique. Uh, they see what they are doing uh, in Japan or in France or in Italy, and they come back and they you know create their own food, like uh, Ben or like uh, Mark uh, Best or. You know, Peter, you know, all these guys are like doing amazing things. I remember very well the, the first time I came in Australia was totally different, was totally different. The only food they were offering, it was like grilled meat, uh, <laughs> like this idea of a French, uh, that was back 20 years ago, uh, of French uh, preparation, uh, you know, with a lot of creamy stuff. 
that now everything you say is, is amazing. As a, as a Tetsuya say, uh, what is the Australian cuisine? Is a Japanese that has a restaurant with a Greek sous chef mm. that is cooking chicken curry for the staff. That's beautiful, I think. I can't let you go without asking you about genetically modified foods. Huh. That's a uh, very important thing, you know. I'm very close to the slow food movement, so this is a battle we are trying to do. Preserve the quality and improve uh, the ancient seeds. Uh, you know, we have so many things. We have such a big uh, heritage. We cannot throw away everything, you know. We have uh, land, we have... Uh, and the seeds are very important. I don't want to do, like, a political speech, but, you know, if we go on with this... Uh, uh, genetic things, you know, in few years, the the oldest seeds uh, of on the earth, they're going to be owned by five, let's say four companies. They determine the price of everything. So let's go back to the land. You know, be a farmer is such a great profession. We have to do that. So this is uh, my future project, is this uh, school that is um, the outside of Modena, in which uh, they're like, uh, they they're gonna become uh, uh, farmers and technician, agricultural technicians. And uh, I want uh, inside uh, um, a couple of uh, class uh, for like chefs and uh, hotellery. So uh, if that is gonna be done, you know, and, we found, and we're gonna find uh, the money to create those, you know, the chefs, they're going to grow close to the farmers. So the chefs, they learn how to uh, get the milk from the cows and create Parmigiano-Reggiano. They, they know, they, they can learn how to make Lambrusco or, the, or make the balsamic vinegar or take care of the barrels. You know, dirty their hand, um, create the perfect carrot they want. So that's the future. So they really know where their food is coming absolutely, from. Absolutely, absolutely. It's important. Because you know, it's important. You cannot uh, stop and uh, get the phone and uh, call uh, the supplier. Oh, I need just a kilo of carrots. No, it's not that, you know. You have to live your everyday life, but fighting in your everyday life. Mm. Like for the best fish, the best carrot, but bello buone giusto is like, giusto is like pay the right price for those people. That's also the challenge, isn't it? Yeah. We have to pay absolutely. and it has to go to the absolutely. farmers. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Mm. Otherwise we have no farmers. No, 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 no. This is a very important question too, so I want you to be very honest now, okay? Okay, I try. Food or sex, which comes first? Ah, very honest. I don't know, maybe food. <laughs> <laughs> what I have to say is maybe food. I was so hoping you were going to say that. I don't know. It's like something that uh, makes me feel so, so good, so incredibly happy. And, uh, you know, what? it's an answer just like that, you know. And uh, that was my answer. Cuisine Bites with Kelly Brett. I felt that convo was worth sharing with you again. A little glimpse of the mind of Massimo Bottura, one of our greatest living chefs. 
In the next episode of Cuisine Bites, I'll bring you a check-in with a group of talented chefs and food lovers in Christchurch. They're endeavouring to build a bridge with food towards trust and understanding across cultures. And we'll take a look at how the art of sharing food can unite us as one. Our beautiful new spicy issue of Cuisine is on shelves now. Just look for the hot pink cover. You can find us on social by searching Cuisine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or just go to cuisine.co.nz. New Zealand flavour. So eat and drink well and I'll meet you back here for another episode of Cuisine Bites soon. It's true because once (laughs) I cut my veins and uh, instead of blood that was coming out this dark, uh, you know, sweet stuff, that was balsamic vinegar.